Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, well, the collective rage currently is focused on WorldCom. Tyco CEO Dennis Kozlowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Hi, I'm Nina Kern, and you're listening to White Collars, Red Hands. Did I sound like the Disney Channel kids before they draw the mouse ears? I, I don't. You just—it just sounded like you said a sentence. I'm not gonna lie. Come on, they'd be like, "Hi, I'm Raven Simone, and you're watching Disney Channel." Yeah, but it's just like you said your name and a thing we're doing. Okay, it, it's whatever. A, it's a stretch, man. Whatever. Well, even if I didn't sound like them, I don't know about you, but I always wanted to be one of those kids on Disney Channel. Growing up, child actors seemed to have the luckiest job in the world. They got to act, and they had a ton of money. But all that glitters isn't gold. Child actors are often subject to abuse, working long hours, and not actually seeing their pay. We've heard stories about how child performers grow up to only discover that their riches are gone. Their parents have spent it all. How does this happen? Find out on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. When I was a kid, mm-hmm. I wanted to be a forensic pathologist. I wanted to perform autopsies. You're a fucking weird kid. I was not popular. <laughs> yeah, no, I can give you like five reasons why you weren't popular. Oh, okay. Well, we don't, I mean, we don't have to do that. You know, you don't have to give me a whole list. I know I wasn't. You don't have to, you don't have to prove it to me. I always wanted to be an actor. Oh. I never let my dream die. And I, maybe I should have. And on that note, welcome back to another episode of White Collars, Red Hands. I'm Kashan. And I'm Nina. And today we are going to be talking about performers, not just actors, but performers whose parents have stolen their riches. See, I feel like it happens a lot. Yeah, honestly. You said there was a lot, a lot of content. There was a lot of content. I picked... Three and a half stories for us today to go over. Um, a half? Yeah, you'll find well, out. Well, I, I mean, better say, I guess we'll get into it. Yeah, you'll, you, and let's let's get into it. So there actually is a law that aims to prevent child actors um, from being financially taken advantage of by their parents. The Coogan Law was put into place in 1939. Jackie Coogan was discovered in 1919 by Charlie Chaplin and was put into his movies. Um Jackie's a boy, by the way. Jackie became a star, and he not only starred in these films, but other films, and then he also had merchandise that displayed his face as well. When Coogan was 21, his film career was not booming the way that it used to, and he wanted to access the money that he had made when he was a child. When checking the account, he discovered that his parents had spent the millions of dollars that he had made. It sucks that the cutest child actors, they just... uh they almost never grow up into being um, attractive, pretty enough to be to be Hollywood actors. Still, that's sad. Actually, that is kind of true. That's sad. Yeah. Haley uh, Joel Osment. I don't remember what he looks like as an adult. 
the same. That's the problem. Is like that's the, like the, the the ones that look good at like cutest kids. They just get like that, but bigger, and you're like, this is weird. Yeah, a lot of them have a hard time transitioning from being a child actor to an adult actor. There mm. are a few that have done it. Like you look at Drew Barrymore; she's done that pretty. Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, Kirsten Dunst. Um, Leo. Leo yeah, DiCap. Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. Um, Hillary Duff has done it. <laughs> yeah, she is. Yeah, it is. Um, I think Lindsay Lohan could have done it if mm, drugs. Yeah, yeah. If she hadn't, ugh, gone off the deep end. Ugh, all those Disney kids. It's someone it's kept act- giving them heroin. <laughs> it's just sad. It is sad. <laughs> yeah, it is sad. Well, Jackie Coogan, he ended after realizing that all of his money was gone. He actually sued his mother and took her to court. Um, she did end up paying him back some of the money, but all of his money was not recovered. The Coogan law requires that parents set aside 15% of their child's earnings into account. It's often it's often called a Coogan account for them to access when they are 18. 15% is still low in my opinion. Absolutely. I mean, I guess to be fair, they pay for your housing. They got room. They got board. They got all that. They drive you there. Right. I mean, and I will say a lot of those parents, their job is managing their child's career. Yeah. So I understand why they may take a portion of that, but 15% is still very it's low. It's 25, right? I feel like 25 is fair. I was thinking 50. No, I don't think 50. Why? Because literally they do support them in every single way. It's like if you were an actor, right, on like a movie, but they were like, okay, but we'll like pick you up all free. We'll pick you up. We'll take you there. We'll feed you. We'll get you everywhere else you need to go. We'll get you an education. We'll buy all your clothes. You know, it, it's it's a lot. Yeah. Should they, they get more than 15? Yeah, but I don't know if I get 50. I don't know. Yeah, fifteen percent is too low. Um, so all this money will go into the into a Coogan account, and then they can access that when they are eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, although this law was put into place to protect child performers, there is still a lot of parents who get away with taking their children's money. And we will move on to our first child, Shirley Temple. I don't like that sentence, by the way. I don't oh, know. If we're gonna... Okay, hold let's on. move on to our okay, first all right, all right, child. All right, let me let me back up. Let me rewind. All right, now we're going to talk about the first story, <laughs> Shirley Temple. Oh man, love one of those on the good ship lollipop it's a sweet trip to the candy shop i wish i didn't know that song it's also the the oh sprite and grenadine it's the most manly drink you can order yep um actually fun fact i found out while researching shirley temple she didn't like shirley temples she actually sued the company that tried to bottle them and make them and distribute them with her name on them um she won but too many people were calling it by that point calling those drinks shirley temples by that point that the name never was able to die. Yeah, but like, once again, if you're a child actor, I feel like she was just drinking whiskey on the rocks. <laughs> oh, probably. As like, like at 12. And she should have been. Yeah. She went through a lot. Well, I guess we're going to find we're out. We're going to find out. So, um, Shirley Temple is one of the most famous child actors of all time. She made her debut, debut in 1931 when she was just three years old. Um, her mom... <sighs> Man, I just feel so sad for her. And I feel sad for a lot of child actors who or child performers whose parents put them in these positions where like 
they want them to be famous. Mm -hmm. And that's really what totally happened with Shirley Temple. Her mom put her in these dance classes. She took her to these auditions. Like, I don't think that Shirley won. I don't think that she wanted this for her life. Sucks though, because it worked. It did. <laughs> it, for her, it, worked. it did work. Um, her father became her agent. Um, her parents would actually often lie about her age so that she could get um, more roles. So unfortunately, this was the 30s and Temple was subject to a lot of exploitation during her career. During this time, it was really popular to make films with children in roles that should have been played by adults. So they were called spoofs. And basically, like, it'd be a normal movie, but instead of adults, it would be children playing the roles. Stupid. It's really weird. Uh, it's kind of funny. <laughs> well, it, well, it is until uh, more than once she was cast as a sex worker when she was under the age of five. And then, like, yeah. And then, like, she had to... There was multiple times she was cast as a sex worker. There was like a kissing scene when she was under the age of five with another child. Like it was weird. Five is young. And the way they treated child actors at this time was insane. It was noted that one director would make children stand in a puddle of cold water when they were being bad to literally cool off. And when it wouldn't work, they'd put the child in a cold box like a cold dark room that had no windows it had a giant piece of ice in it and they'd get cold in there until they calmed down they put them in the fucking hole literally yeah you're going to the hole buddy and temple had to go to the box for being bad more than once and she got ear infections on more than one occasion from this Ugh. But you had a temper tantrum you're dead 10 days in solitary yeah and then you know <laughs> that they like weren't working good hours like you're trying to make a five-year-old work for 10 hours hey Come you on. this is when they were in the mines too so yeah i know children fucking smoked they did they did smoked and drank like a fish make america great again I'm about to say, right? this, this is when you could be alive when this you could... is what we this was a real this was real america Temple was also unfortunately subject to many predators and often had to fight off of advances. Um, and it was gross. Like a lot of the shit that happened to her was really yeah. gross. Here's the thing. I think that um, back in, back in this time, every person in Hollywood was Harvey Weinstein. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Every single person was Harvey Weinstein. That's what's awful. <laughs> well, and then there was a scenario. I don't exactly remember who it was. I'm pretty sure it was a producer. Um, what do I want to say? Trigger warning. Um, but basically very Har Harvey Weinstein-esque. And a woman like told her, she was, Shirley Temple was about like 10 or 12 at this point. And she was like, hey, if you ever go into his office and he doesn't have shoes on and he just has his stockings on, you need to get out of there. And Jesus. she was like, okay. And then one day he had her in his office and she realized he didn't have shoes on. And then she like went to go out the door and then he like, had a button that he could push that would lock the door and like locked her in there. Oh it was God. like really horrible. And then like people would grope her all the time. It was just like, it was really sad and disgusting. Yeah. And also sad and disgusting that like her parent, there's no way her parents didn't know that like this type of treatment yeah. was going on. That's what's gross is that even to this day, you know, like the parents know, but they like value the child being famous they value more, the money more than their child's safety. Yeah, than their well-being. No, it's... And that's bullshit. 
Oh, it is. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. It's 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 so gross. And then there was like a Christmas special one time where Shirley Temple was singing Silent Night at this radio station. And a woman actually tried to assassinate her in 1939 while she was singing Silent Night. Whoa. Yeah. What? I, I definitely did not think that this was good. That if anyone ever had an assassination attempt on them, Shirley Temple was I not did one of the not, people I would put on that list. I would not have put her on that list either. Apparently, the woman was like had obviously some mental health issues and she thought that her daughter's soul was trapped inside of Shirley Temple and then the only way to like release her daughter's soul was to kill Shirley Temple. What did that just kill your daughter? Well then her soul's released. Uh, uh, okay. Yes, just, she just thought wait her, for her to I, die. I think her yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I can't I can't. Who cares if your daughter's eternal soul is trapped in is trapped in another little girl for like 40, 50, 70 years, whatever. She'll get out. Yeah. Just even if you're crazy, that doesn't mean you don't you don't have to have some logic in your crazy, you know? That's all I'm saying. Well, that that Story had no logic. Um, Temple was also subject. These are actually kind of funny. Like, it wasn't funny for her, but like, it is kind of funny. Temple was subject to a lot of rumors and myths. One myth was that she was actually a 30-year-old dwarf pretending to be a child. Oh, like the orphan. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and I just watched that documentary, too. It was was interesting. I don't know what I believe. But actually, I guess most of Europe was convinced that Shirley Temple was an adult and not a child. Those stupid French. I know. Um, People thought this because she never seemed to lose baby teeth while she was filming movies. Like, every time they saw... Every time Shirley Temple was in public, she had a full set of teeth. Um... So that was why they believed that. And they believed that she had adult teeth, but filed them down to make them appear as if they were baby teeth. But then when she got older and her teeth got bigger, what what do you have now, conspiracy theorists? I know. And actually, Shirley Temple had to go public and be like... I am a child. She did. She was like, hey, guys, they give me things like they... They basically would give her like veneers almost. Mm-hmm. It wasn't veneers, but they gave her something to put in her mouth so that it would look like she had all of her teeth when she did lose her teeth. Oh, yeah. They were probably just like bridges, like what hockey yeah, players basically. have. Yeah, basically. Yes, basically. That's what they gave her. I mean, it would mess up continuity in a film for her to be losing baby teeth. Yeah, the canon, the Shirley Temple canon would just be absolutely, absolutely destroyed. Horrendous. Horrendous. Um, someone at the Vatican <laughs> actually had an investigation done to prove whether or not she was a child. <laughs> it's the Pope, man. It came straight down from the top. It was, I forget what it was. I don't. <laughs> it was ridiculous. This, An- this is smaller redhead girl. She had blonde hair. She is not the child. Really? Yeah, it was blonde. She just looks like a ginger, though, right? Oh, I'm thinking about Annie. Yeah, you're thinking of the little orphan Annie. I don't. Well, think... she played that, right? No, no, I think that was after her. Ah, whatever. She all, played Heidi. All children are the same. Have you had to watch Shirley Temple movies? No, but I've seen the ads <laughs> that were on late night. Those were all black and white, so I didn't know. Um, my grandma made me watch a lot of Animal Shirley Temple. Crackers in, in my soup. soup. Monkeys and dragons. Or no, that can't be it. Rabbits. Monkeys and rabbits. Loop do loop. Yeah, no, I, why would I watch that? I just like. My grandma made me watch so many Shirley Temple like, movies. The Avengers was out. I, I, don't need, <laughs> I don't need to watch. I don't I need, need to, to watch, watch Shirley Temple. Shirley Temple movies from 100 years ago. No, thanks. 
I like my life a little bit. My grandma made me watch Heidi. Do you know the story of Heidi? No. Like some for some reason this young child has to go live in the Swiss Alps with her grandfather. Of course. Like you do. And then like they don't like each other, but then they end up liking each other and then he ends up dying and it like destroyed me as a child. And my mom came to pick me up. Um and I'm like sobbing. And she was like, what the fuck? Is grandpa going to die? Literally. <laughs> oh, no. Because I was like five. Yeah. The answer was yeah. 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 Grandpa's die. Yeah. Sorry if I ru- if I ruined that for an hour. Well, Spoiler alert. He lived, a, he lived till I was like 27 or 28. Hey, chill. It's, uh, yeah. it's you know. I think 27. Because he are. died the day before my birthday. May we all be so lucky. Yeah. Well, why do you have to ruin your 27th birthday like that? I know, right? Well, whatever. My grandma was like, I'm just so glad he didn't die on her birthday. I was like, it still sucked, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. Anyways, um, another rumor was that Temple. So to, if you do not know who Shirley Temple is, she was always she was she had very curly hair that was not real. Well, her hair was real, but they curled her hair. She did not have naturally curly hair. <laughs> they curled her hair. Yeah. Scandal. I know. I know. But. There was a rumor going around that her curly hair was actually a wig. And this would result in fans on the street pulling her hair to see whether or not it was real. Just stop going outside. Yeah, poor kid. The mo- she was the most popular movie star from 1935 to 1939 and starred in only... F- I'm sorry, and starred in over 40 films. So she was in a lot of shit. Um, she was... Actually, photographed more times than Franklin Roosevelt, who was the president at the time. Well, that's because Franklin Roosevelt didn't like pictures taken of him. Oh, that could be. Um, in because 19- he was in a wheelchair from eating Eleanor's from, ass. Yes, yeah, that polio. is. We have to bring it up. You mentioned his name, so it's it no, has to be. To it has it. to be in this episode. Too. It does. It does. In every episode that Franklin Roosevelt is. In, we have to bring up the fact that he got polio from eating Eleanor's ass. And if we say it enough, it will become it true. It is the truth. It will become true. I should edit the Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, all you guys out there, go ahead, edit the Wikipedia page. Uh, they'll ban us if we try to do it that's too true, many times. That's true. But we are legion. <laughs> In 1934, Temple was making $1,000 per week and her mother was given 100, I'm sorry, her mother was given 250 to maintain her curly hair. She was also given $15,000 every time she completed a film. Now, remember, this was like at the height of the Great Depression. That's a lot of money. In 1930s money? In now money, that's a good amount of money. And for a child? And like, what are you even going to buy? You know, they don't have TVs, you know? They don't have like like what do you what do you buy with all that money? Oh yeah, time? they wouldn't have had a TV. Like more more land, I guess. I don't know. A dress? A doll? You could buy more than one doll. Well, Dolls yeah. would probably like maybe a nickel. Probably. Yeah, I don't know. During this time she was making all this money, she was only given a small allowance to spend on her sp- on herself despite all of her hard work that she was doing. Um, I saw varying accounts saying that she was given ten to between ten and twenty dollars for her allowance. Um, so she ended up getting married very young. She when she was when she got married at the age of seventeen, the amount of her allowance was raised to seventy five dollars per week. Yeah, but you got to remember, everyone got married at seventeen. Yeah. At this time. It was still problematic you because... You had to get the kids out of there fast. Well, true. But it was still problematic because the guy was like eight years older than her. 
Yeah, unfortunately, that was also how it always was. I know. It's still problematic. No, it's gross. Yeah, it's disgusting. I'm glad that we've... Evolved. Mostly gotten past that. Yeah, thank God. Um, Her bodyguard would often tell her that she would never need to worry about money again as long as she lived because of how much money she was making when she was a kid. Like, when she was growing up, he would tell her that. So Shirley Temple ended up retiring from acting at the age of 22 right after the divorce from her first husband. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that? Married and married five years and divorced all by 22. My grandma had four kids by the time she was 22. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, my, thanks. No. My grandma had her first baby at 17 and the fourth one at 22. Disgusting. And then she didn't have another one after that. Good choice. Yep. <laughs> 60 days after her divorce, she was engaged to her second husband, and then they ended up being married for 55 years. I can't get a one boyfriend, let alone married, divorced, and married. No offense, Nina, but you are not Shirley Temple. That's true. I am not (laughs) Shirley Temple. You don't got the same brand recognition. Okay? I don't. I don't. You're right. Once they start, once they start serving Nina Kearns down at the down at the local bar, that's true. You know, maybe. That's true. That's true. Despite the laws that were put into place during her childhood to protect the money of child actors, Temple's father took her money and squandered it on large homes, house staff, fancy cars, and failed investments. When Temple was old enough to gain access to her accounts, she should have had over $3.2 million. Instead, only 44000 was left in the account. Temple never confronted her father about the stolen money, and she was quoted saying, my attitude has always been, get it over with and get on with life. After she had had her entire childhood ripped away from her, Temple was now left with little money and few prospects of employment. She basically, like, disappeared from the public life light after that, after she married her second husband. I think he had a pretty good job, so, like, they didn't, quote, unquote, need her money, However, that money was hers, and she should have had access to it. Oh, well, yeah. I wonder if she ever did, like, interviews or anything. She wrote a biography. I would. I actually think I want to read it. Okay. Um, but she very much, from, like, the things I was reading and watching, like, very much had the mindset of that time that was, like, just get over it because, like, in her biography, she talks about like all this abuse that happened to her as a child actor. And Maybe she, was she just like, kind of wanted to forget it. She's like, even well, the money think, is like a reminder of all of this bullshit. Yeah, but she, yeah, like she wrote in her biography that all that abuse in her childhood was, she was like, well, it didn't bother, like it never like left a psychological scar on me. Like I was fine. I was fine. And I was like, hmm. Denial is a river in, in Egypt. Egypt. Yeah. Um, and then it was released. It was sad that, like, you know, she had all this abuse happen to her in childhood. And then her first husband was very abusive. And so that, luckily, it yeah. seemed as though that cycle ended, though, as soon as they got divorced. But I don't and know that for sure. Yeah. I haven't got much better. She did try to run for public office, but she didn't win. She was, like, in her 40s or 50s. She should have sung a song. She should have sang a song. Yeah. And then she died in like 2004, I think. Rip. She was 85. She died when she was 85. Some Rip. sort of health thing. Yeah. Some sort of health thing. Thank well, you. I think she went into cardiac arrest. Oh. So just the most common cause of death? Pretty sure. Okay. I'm pretty, it was something with her heart. I should have included it. 
But yeah, that was the story of Shirley Temple and how her dad, well, her parents stole all of her money. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Um, so this next person that we're going to talk about, they actually were not a child when all this happened. They were a young adult. All right. The, the new child, right? Because Ch- children were like 12 back in the day. But now if you're a young adult... You're basically just a child now. It's inflation. Age uh-huh. inflation. Yes, age inflation. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the next person we are going to talk about is Jewel. Um, Jewel is a folk singer who got popular in the 90s. She actually has a 12-time platinum selling folk album. Um, what? I have no idea who this is. I actually don't know any of her music either. Like, I know who she is, but I could not tell you... Well, now I can tell you a song because I did research on her. But prior to this, I wouldn't have been able to tell you a song. Um, But Jewel had a really rough upbringing. Her parents split when she was young and she went on to live with her abusive alcoholic father. She had a really crazy childhood. After her father got custody of her and her brother, he moved them to where his family lived in Homer, Alaska. And they, they, she says they lived on a homestead and they literally lived like little house on the prairie with no running water, nothing like that. Now this woman is like 48 today. So this isn't like it was back in the day. This is. My grandparents didn't have running water. Oh, do you want an award? I'm just saying it's like it happens. Well, I know, but like in the in like the eighties. No, like when I was a kid, my grandparents didn't have running water. Really? I, yeah, I'd go stay with them and they didn't have running water. Why? We'd have to go get water and bring it back. Why didn't they have running water? They lived down in the middle of nowhere. They also didn't have like, they weren't attached to the power grid. They had solar. So we'd have to like, we could only run the TV for like a little bit at night and then we'd have to turn it off. And then their whole house was heated by a wood stove. Damn. So it still happens is all I'm saying. Yeah, but it's not common. No. Is what I'm saying. No. Maybe it's common in a fucking Homer, Alaska. Yeah, probably. Who knows the fuck's out there? Well, good thing they lived in Arizona. It doesn't get too fucking cold. Your parents, your the grandparents, still got pretty good. Not as cold as fucking Alaska, but no. it got pretty cold. Damn. Yeah. They chose to live like that. Well. Why would you? Land was probably cheap. I don't know. They were that immigrants. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. She tells a story about how her grandma. Like, she got cheese, and it was, like, hard to get cheese, and the cat ate all the cheese, so she killed the cat and ripped the cheese out of the cat's stomach and then made the cat for dinner with the cheese sauce. That cannot be real. I don't know. That's what she said. That's I what Jewel hope, said. I'd like to hope that that's not real. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> for anyways, my own sanity. Anyways, Discovery actually has a show about her family called Alaska, The Last Frontier. Um, she is not on the show, but her family members are on the show. 
Jewel left home at 15 to attend Interlochen in Michigan. Interlochen is a prestigious fine arts boarding school. Not sure how she funded that. She may have gotten a scholarship because it's a really expensive school. Um, yeah. But once she graduated, she went out to San Diego, California. She went to San Diego because her mom was having a bunch of health problems and Jewel went to take care of her. Her mom was in a home that they couldn't afford, so she told Jewel that they should live in their cars. Jewel agreed. Her mom ended up bailing on her and moving back to Alaska, and Jewel stayed in San Diego and lived out of her car for over a year. During this time, Jewel started doing coffee shop shows, and she ended up, um, sorry, Jewel, so during this time, Jewel started doing shows in coffee shops, specifically at Inter Interchange Cafe and Java Joe's. She gathered a huge following with these shows, and with six months, and within six months, she was packing out the coffee shops. People would actually stand outside to hear her sing, and then they had to figure out how to wire speakers outside so that people could listen when they were standing out there. Damn, uh, that's crazy because I've never heard a coffee shop. A coffee shop singer, no offense to anyone who's a coffee shop music artist, that I've been like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into that. Mostly I'm like, I would really like to enjoy a latte mm -hmm. in peace, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Please stop. Yes, I agree with you. <laughs> she was discovered by a radio programmer who ran 91X, which was a very popular radio station at the time. He was told about her shows and he went out to listen to her. He was moved by her music and had her come in to sing on the radio. Um, her song kept being requested and that song, cause that was back when like you would call in and request songs to be played. Mm -hmm. Did you ever do that? Oh yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Or like I used to call in as a child for all like the, uh, the contests and stuff. Oh yeah. Too. Me too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, her song ended up being put in the top 20 of this radio station, which for an independent artist was unheard of. And this led to her being signed by Atlantic records. Her first album, Pieces of You, sold 12 million copies in the United States alone. When she got signed, she called her mom on a payphone when the record labels were looking at signing her. She actually had multiple record labels like fighting over her. Um, she says she claims that she didn't think that they actually thought she was that talented. It was just like a big dick swinging contest, and she went, they all were like trying to see who could sign her. Those, I don't these think are, they do that. Well, that's what I was thinking, and these are her words, not mine. Um, but she called her mom and told her like, Hey, all these record labels want to sign me. And her mom told her that she was going to come and help her manage her career. Even though I'm pretty sure her mother had no experience in the music business. Yeah. That's always just a bad idea. Yeah. And it's sad too, because, um, like her mom, the reason that Jules dad like took custody of them is because Jules mom did not want to be a mom. Like, she ended up finding that out later in life. Oh, shit. Um, she was like, no, I don't want these kids. She still clearly kept in contact with them somewhat because Jewel knew she was sick and came to take care of her. But, like, she was constantly wanting to win her mother's approval and constantly wanting her mother to be, like, impressed with her. And, unfortunately, it's, since I'm talking about this on the right, you know, it's a subject of our episode today. Her mom ends up taking advantage of her, and it's just really sad. Um, Jewel's mother started co-managing her, but ended up pushing the other manager out. 
Jewel's mother told Jewel that her business manager, so like the actual manager, stole $5,000 from her and that they should just manage themselves and get accountants. Um, And then I don't think that was even true. And Jewel's not even sure if that was even true. I mean, probably not. No. And, you know, Jewel agreed with her. She was like, absolutely. Yeah, let's fire this lady and let's just do this ourselves. Um, After the first album came out and she toured, there was a point where Jewel took two years off of music to figure out if this was what she actually wanted to do. And during this time, her mom just blew through her money. Um, Her mother also wanted 50% of what Jewel was earning as her salary. Jewel refused to give her that money, though good yeah she was like no 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 no. but she goes i almost wish i would have done it because then she ended up taking all of my money so you also you don't make a lot of money in the music industry even if you're popular it's kind of sad so she ended up making quite a bit of money because she was given and so when she signed they wanted to give her a one million dollar advance which for those of you who don't know how this works i learned this from researching when they give you an advance, it's basically a loan um, mm-hmm. that you have to pay back and you have to have your record hit because you need to make a million dollars to pay back to your record label. And if you don't pay them back, they're probably going to drop you. And she was like, so this this girl is a hippie. She really is a hippie because um, she's like, you know, I always just was more worried about being a good artist than I was about being famous. And that's all I actually cared about. So she didn't take the million dollar advance so that and so then all of her albums that she sold, she basically got profit. So that's how she ended up making all this money. Well, it's usually just your record label takes like a lot of. Well, yeah, they, that they, too. Their cut is so high. Oh yeah, I mean, like I'm sure. Album sales. Oh yeah, I mean, she still had it's to like twenty percent. Like literally, they take like over fifty percent. Like, yeah. by a bit, I think. Yeah, wow. I mean, yeah, I'm. I guarantee that was what was happening. But yeah. she started making a lot more than most artists do starting out because of that. Um. Like I said, Jewel's mom wanted to get 50% of her earnings, but then she told her no. And her mom, when she was blowing through her money, she really went all out. She had shell companies. She had everything that she was funneling her daughter's money into. What? It was crazy. She had to have help. Oh, yeah. Oh, I 100% believe that she had help. Apparently, Jewel went broke several times during her career, but she never knew because her mom would make fake bank statements, making her believe that the money was there. Wild. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. She's doing so much. So much. Her mother ended up stealing $100 million from her, and she left her with $3 million in debt. Oh, my God. Yeah. Murder. Yeah. Murder's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think if you if that happens, you should be able to hit her once. Oh, absolutely! Just one time, beat the shit out of her. That should be that should be the part of the punishment. It's and like, like I just really want to hit her one time. <laughs> I feel so bad for Jewel because like she has never been a person that was super extravagant. She was never like blowing her money. Yeah. She's like so at that point she, when she found out her mom had stolen all that money, she started her career. She signed that record deal when she was twenty. When she found all this out, she was thirty four. So she had had 14 years of a career at this point. And she was like, when I found out that my mom stole all that money, I was driving a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Like, I didn't have a super... Like, I just had a normal person car. I was doing normal person things. I was not blowing my money. My mom, like, it's just so shitty. 
Um, and she, to this day, has no idea what her mom did with all that money. Cocaine. I mean, probably co- drugs. It's expensive. Drugs, houses, vacations, you name it, purses, clothes. Who knows? Jewel found out that her mother stole her money because her original manager that her mom pushed out sued her. When they agreed upon a price to pay her off, Jewel told her mom what they agreed to pay the woman. Jewel's mother told her that they didn't have that money. Um, Jewel recalls that it was an amount that she should have had. I don't know what I don't know what the amount was, but it was an amount she should have had. Jewel had to sell her homes and her office. Um, when all this was found out, Jewel obviously cut business ties with her mother. Now, in the music industry, apparently there is something called a sunset clause, which says that if a manager helps you become big, they may have a stake at your entire career, even if you fire them. So her mother felt entitled to her success despite stealing $100 million for her, from her. Jewel ended up buying her mother off for $500,000 on top of the money that she stole from her. Dude, what the hell? Is it, it should be illegal, right? She took all that money, right? Yeah, she should be in jail. Just sue her for it and be like, no. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're not family anymore. No, she is not... So this happened, I forget what year this happened, but this happened when she was 34 and now she's 48 and she hasn't spoken to her mom since then. Okay. Yeah. But, Good. Yeah. No, yeah. we're done. And she did end up like, she's okay. I, from what I understand, she's okay now. She went on to make another album. She's toured. Um, well, it sounds like she never wanted the money anyway. It does suck that you're left in $3 million of debts. Well, yeah, that your mom made. Like, fuck off, dude. Well, you know, after, after you're done listening to this episode on Spotify, go stream some Jewel. Yeah, go her, stream some Jewel. Get, get her, her some, some money. money. Um, I I never want to promote this, but she actually has a really good interview with Joe Rogan that I got a lot of this information about. Oh, that wow. Did we just plug Joe Rogan on the podcast? I don't think so, but if you oh, did. Oh, no. Yeah, I might have. I might have just oh, done that. Jesus. You can cut that out. <laughs> no, it's fine. This is I, funny. I, but it actually is a very good interview. She's very insightful and she's a very interesting person to listen to. Um, but I feel really bad for her. She's just trying to make music. The, today is about parents stealing money from their kids. That's so true. That's true. Feel free to end every single one of the stories with, I just feel bad for them. I do. Feel bad for all of them. I know you do. All right. So our final story, you will probably know who this is. I know you know who this is. Mm. We are going to be talking about Gary Coleman. Oh, this is the half story. (laughs) I'm going to hell. (laughs) You are going to hell. You are actually going to hell. Um, Gary Coleman was one of the most successful child stars in the 70s and 80s. What you talk about, Nina? Okay. Good one. (laughs) He is most well known from being on the show Different Strokes, where he plays the role of Arnold Jackson, where which Kashan was just mimicking because I get because he would say, "What are you talking about, Willis? What you talking about, Willis? Yeah, yeah. What are you talking about, Kashan? Anyways." Um, at the height of his career, he was made. Uh, Gary Coleman was making a hundred thousand dollars per episode on Different Strokes. Oh shit! Yeah, it was noted that Coleman was forced to work long hours on set despite his age and health problems. 
Um, Coleman was in a bunch of other shows during his childhood and was rated on VH1's 100 Greatest Kids Stars. 100 Greatest Kids Stars. He also received several other accolades, including Young Artist Awards and the People's Choice Award. He actually won Favorite Young TV Performer at the People's Choice Awards four years in a row. Oh, damn. He did end up then having the Gary Coleman show in 1982, but Coleman didn't have the easiest childhood, though. After his adoption in 1968, it was discovered that he had a kidney disease. He had gotten two kidney transplants in 1973. Well, he gotten two kidney transplants, one in 1973 and then the other one in 1984 which were successful but it did require him to go on dialysis and if you know anything about gary coleman you will know that this man is very very short extremely short famously so hashtag short king but like but like actually more but like the shortest king yeah um, his kidney disease made him really short, and he, as a full-grown adult, he was only four foot eight. That's fucking short, dude. Yeah, I have a friend who's four foot ten, and she is so short. Yeah, and she's a woman, so it's like it can be okay. Yeah, it can be okay. If you're four foot eight as a man, as a man, sorry, sorry, man. And then didn't even have the money to help him. So when Goldman was 17 years old, he wanted to access his trust, which had all of the money he made while he was acting in it. The account should have had $18 million, but when he went and checked it, it only had $220,000 in it. More than Shirley Temple, at least, but... Well, I don't know if... 50 years apart, though. I was just going to say, if you actually, like, did the math, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, That's still, like... So much less. His parents spent all the money. In 1989, he took his parents and former financial advisor to court and sued them for mismanagement of his money. He was awarded $1.3 million, but unfortunately, this did not solve his financial problems, and he ended up declaring bankruptcy in 1999. And he actually had, like, a lot of normal people jobs after that. Just like bank teller, like security guard. I don't know how he was a security oh, guard. Oh come on, maybe like in a mall. Yeah, you can just ride something. a Segway or something. Because he got into he got into some legal trouble because of a fight he got into when he was a security guard. But maybe it was with a security guard. Maybe I read that wrong. I'm about to say. I mean, I, I'm gonna go with I read that. I wrong. really do not think that Gary Coleman was a security guard. Wait, let me look that up. I mean, I guess I've seen some people that are you're like, you're a security guard? I have, yeah. But I think I actually think the only thing you have to do to be a security guard is uh, fail a police psyche valve, so. I think that's it. It's the only requirement. That's wild. That's yeah. um sad, but also kind of funny. It's kind pretty of, funny. It's kind of hilarious. Um, Coleman did run for California governor the same year that Arnold Schwarzenegger did, but he placed, he didn't win, obviously, and he placed eighth out of 135 candidates. Huh. Yeah. Um, Coleman died at the, in 2010 at the age of 42 uh, from a brain hemorrhage after falling down the stairs in his Utah home. 
Unfortunately, no funeral was held for Coleman. Uh, when his will was looked at, he had taken his parents out of it. He had not spoken to them in 20 years before he died. Good. They're fucking assholes. Yeah, absolutely. You can't talk to your parents after you sue them. That's it. Yeah, Burn no. the bridge. I think people make that mistake too often, actually, where they're like, they try to like forgive their parents because they're their parents. And I'm like, you don't have to do that. I, I agree with that. You really don't have to do that. You I can agree. You can move on with your life and you can make different you can make different attachments. Yeah. I just think it's really sad that these parents take advantage of their kids like this when they really don't have to. Some people suck and shouldn't have kids. I agree with you. Or adopt kids. Most people suck and shouldn't have kids. No, I agree. Now that I'm thinking about it. I agree. Since 1939, the United States has actively tried to make working conditions for children, for better for child performers. Yeah, but they they should bring back child labor. That's all I'm saying. Okay. However, (laughs) like we saw in today's episode, those guidelines are often disregarded and not respected. Jackie Coogan, Shirley Temple, Jewel, and Gary Coleman all had parents who took advantage of their children's hard work and exploited them. They did not care for the health and safety of their children. Instead, they rode the coattails to instead they rode their coattails to a life of luxury. Thankfully, Coogan laws have become stricter and children's money is being protected more than it ever has before, but we still have a very long way to go. Yeah, and these still come out all the time because like uh, Aaron Carter. Aaron Carter, Rip. Macaulay Culkin, um, Misha Barton. Um, she was on shit. Oh, the OC, I think. The OC? Yeah, I think so. I don't know what that shit okay, is. Okay, whatever. Leighton Le- 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 Meester. Leighton Meester? Yeah, she was on Gossip Girl. Okay. XOXO. Okay. Gossip Girl. Do I look like I watch Gossip Girl now? Yeah. I don't. I feel like you would have watched that when you were 14. I do not. I did not, no. Yeah. Well, fuck all these parents. That's all I gotta say. They suck. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to the today's episode. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook.com slash White Collars Red Hands. We're on Twitter at White Collars Pod. We're on Instagram at White Collars underscore Red Hands. We are on TikTok at White Collars Red Hands. We also have a YouTube channel. And guess what it's under? Is it White Collars Red Hands? I think so, yeah. So we're really not going to talk about bringing back child labor, huh? No, we're not going to talk. We're not going to bring back child labor. All right, fine. If you, I'm just saying. You're if, a if, child. If you want to talk about it, you know. There's an there's a whole untapped workforce. Let's get them back. Let's get them back in factories. Oh my god! They're, they have the smallest and nimblest hands. They can they can use machinery I'm gonna throw better this than remote at your head. <laughs> they can use machinery better than anybody in the world. I feel like DeSantis would be okay with child labor. Probably. Yeah. I'm just saying they're already, you know, they're in school on recess. Just have them like make license plates like uh-huh. prisoners. Mm-hmm. That's free labor. That's punishment, honestly. Like when they're bad, Ooh, they have to go yeah. make license make plates. Make them contribute to capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. Really show them what it's like. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. And if uh, you want to support us in our... <laughs> problematic views you can also do it in a free way by giving us a rating on apple Podcasts or spotify we love a five-star rating but an honest rating is good too um if you want an unfree way to sponsor us you can go to our website 
whitecollarsredhands.com and you can click on our merch tab and buy some merch. We also love to get suggestions and to hear from you. You can email us at whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com. And then uh, another free way to support us is by telling a friend. Mm-hmm. If someone's like, oh my God, I'm going on a road trip, what should I listen to? Be like, hey, White Collars, Red Hands. If someone's like, do you know any podcasts that really like support child labor? <laughs> and they're like, hey, oh I my God, one. this is such a such a serendipity. Yeah. Actually, White Collars, Red, Red Hands, Hands they would are be great for you. Super pro child labor. Yeah. Bring no, back the sweatshops. They, they make a lot of, a lot of salient points. <laughs> and on that note, Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week on another episode of White Collars, Red Red Hands. Hands.